What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Putt Stuff. As always, I am your host, Devin Primrose, joined by my good buddies, Peter and Dalen. What is going on, fellas? I'm exhausted. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> uh, that tournament, I, I mean, day two, I felt rejuvenated a little bit, but man, I forgot how much of a trek walking on the Arrowhead course is. Yeah, it's 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 tough. For those that didn't listen to last week's episode or are uninformed, uh, Peter and myself played in a tournament this past weekend, a three-round tournament at three different courses over two days, uh, and I, I calculated it up, and based off the, uh, the whole distance of all three courses, we threw about four miles worth of discs over the two days and we walked probably close to 11 miles between the three courses i did not know it was that much yeah it felt like more than that though honestly (laughs) i mean i i've i've felt dead for the last two days weirdly though i'm with you day two the third and final round felt the best and it's when i feel like i played my best all also, which I don't think the score really reflects that, but everything felt really good. I Saturday or no Sunday day two, I shot my highest rated round ever. Um, at the Soxty course, only a plus three, which is definitely for a tournament round the lowest I've ever scored there. Yeah. Um, so I'm super proud of myself for that. I beat Devin all three rounds, so that's like three wins for me, right? That's how that works. Just stack it on top. <laughs> I, I don't think that's how that works. No, and I I want to clarify that you had a better score than Devin. You won nothing. <laughs> I won pride for myself. Thank you for the clarification on that, Dalen. You we came in that. twenty-first place <laughs> in MA three. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that Devin came in worse than twenty first place, but I had an awful we'll like, later. again. Really, the, it's it's the first round that killed me, and I don't know. I genuinely like even looking back on it, I don't know what the hell happened because it's not like <clears throat> I necessarily felt bad. I just could get nothing going. Uh, like I, I just I was chopping down every single tree that was at Splinter, every single one. Couldn't scramble to save my life. Couldn't approach to save my life. Couldn't drive without hitting first available. It was just everything was bad. I've, I don't think I've ever, let me phrase that. I don't think I've played that bad since probably like two months after starting. It was so, it was awful. So, I mean, I don't know what that says about you. I have no idea what it says about me either. Because again, the second round, I felt good, especially playing that course blind. And third round felt great, even though the score didn't necessarily reflect that. He was he was blushing all weekend, is what it was. It's all good. Um, sure. At the, at this point, like obviously, especially B tiers, like I don't go into these planning to like win. I just want to do better than I've done before. And last year at this event, I shot a plus thirty, so I definitely it's... accomplished that. And I beat you. Them. Is that what you did last year? Is you did so bad to make your goals easier this year? Yes. <laughs> last I mean, year was listen. last year was also the first year I like played. So to, I, to Pete's credit, his round at Soxty was pretty dang good. The best I've ever shot there was plus four. He shot a plus three, and he scored better than 
26 of the 33 competitors. So, I mean, that's he had a great round at Soxty. Yeah, literally, if I just played better the first day, you know, I'd be a little higher up. But yeah, I mean, we both we cookies. both had some you dumb. You're making so many excuses for yourselves. <laughs> we both had some dumb putts at Arrowhead. The wind didn't help us, but it was it was bad. By by the time Arrowhead was just like by the time I got to the basket, I was like, "What am I doing here?" <laughs> like I couldn't even focus on making the putt. I mean, you I also was just like trying to breathe and survive. You also had the one of the most unlucky OB bounces that I've seen, uh, like in person, because you had two perfect shots to approach. I think it was a par four. Yeah, you had two perfect shots. You landed literally. I don't know, five feet from the basket, the disc stood up and just rolled across the green out of bounds. Yeah, there was no hill. It's not like it rolled down a hill or anything. (laughs) It just decided uh, that it was just going to walk away. Like a a fantastic, beautiful second shot that puts you out of bounds and gives you a a long par putt. Yeah. Yeah, or it wasn't that long. The par putt was still only Uh like 15 feet. It, it was a tester for me that day. That's for sure. I was nervous so, about it. While you guys were both losing a disc golf tournament, yeah, what was I sat on my couch and then made cheeseburgers. <laughs> Sounds productive. Did you watch? Awesome. Did you watch any of the Zootown Open? Um, what's that? <laughs> well, to be fair, there was only half the day on. Uh, no, I want to clarify. Sunday. I only was off work on Sunday, and I did not want to do anything other than sit well that's fair there was only the fpo round on sunday anyway so there was for for those that are similar to daylin and had no idea what the hell the zootown open was uh there was a disc golf tournament pro disc golf tournament in montana this weekend silver series called the zootown open and uh mpo round three was canceled due to weather so evan scott being in the lead after two rounds became the de facto winner so congrats to him he had a, a mm. great showing asterisk oh, i wouldn't well, even put it well. i mean he was ahead by four strokes yeah. like like obviously that's something people can catch up to but he was still he had the best literally the best two rounds of the weekend like 48 and 47 were the two lowest scores of the yeah. weekend of anybody on the field. And, so. and with a four-stroke lead, as long as you go out there in the final round and don't do anything really stupid, like, you don't necessarily have to play aggressive with that many strokes to play with. Yeah, but, like, no offense to Evan Scott. Oh, sure. None. There's people there that could absolutely close a four-stroke gap. No problem. Somewhat, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would agree with you on that. I mean, a lot of the heavy hitters that were signed up dropped before the tournament even started. Uh, but there's Gannon Burr, Anthony Barella, like James Conrad even. Those Kevin were Jones. those were like the only big names. <laughs> but they certainly could beat Evan Scott. Sure. Sure. But he had a five-stroke lead on Barella, a six-stroke lead on James Conrad, and I don't remember how many on Gannon. So they, they all had to put in some work too. Evan Scott, I mean, he's... We just talked about him a couple weeks ago at the Cascade Challenge where he got second. We were talking about that this might be, you know, that might be the launching point he needs. And while he didn't do great at Portland Open. Is this is this one of the fetuses 
He's uh, 16. Yeah. So, yes, one of the fetuses. Yeah. Dang. Not to speak ill of him because he's a child, but I just think that I'm not actually going to give him an asterisk, but there are so many people here <laughs> that could have one like, regardless of his well, five stroke. Obviously, I agree. Obviously, it would be nice to see how he would have performed under the pressure of because he was in the lead after the first day also, I believe, or tied for the lead. So yeah. it would have it would have been interesting, nice to see like how he would have performed with the pressure of like or maybe the non-pressure of having like, you know, a lead like that going into that final round. And that'll be something yeah. he'll have to learn as he, you know, continues to continues to go through the pro tour. Like I think he's on I think he's playing this week. Yep, he's at the which we'll get to this week, but I I need to talk about something important. Yeah. Okay. Isaac Robinson is a petty bitch. <laughs> He listen, knew, so I, he knows. I'm the biggest Isaac. I'm the biggest Isaac Robinson hater in the world, right? He does he knows listen that. to the he podcast. Listens to the podcast. Yeah. He knows that I am a hater. Okay, I picked him because I thought it was the best option. He saw that and he dropped out to spite me. Well, I mean, listen in in Isaac's happened. in Isaac's defense, he was not the only person to drop off. I I picked Calvin Heimberg. Did Calvin Calvin Heimberg play? No, he did not. He dropped also. There was. Yes. Between MPO and FPO, I'm pretty sure there was close to 40 competitors that dropped. And I, yeah, but and I don't understand why. Dropped out for a good reason. Isaac Robinson did it just be, to spite me. What was Benny's reason? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking in his mind. I know exactly what Isaac Robinson was thinking. <laughs> Isaac was thinking, "Fuck you," and that's that's all. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it checks out, but okay. It is weird that Isaac dropped, but his brother didn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I have not found. Have you either of y'all found anything as to why there were so many competitors that dropped? Nothing. I assumed it was whatever's going on in Canada, but I guess it's not affecting the West. That's the East Coast. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. You literally have the most basic grasp on geography. Well, I didn't know where the stuff. I thought it was all of Canada. I, I mean, this is. You think Canada is on fire? The whole, the the whole, whole country. The whole country. The whole, the whole country of Canada is on fire. This is the same guy that thought Iowa and Montana were right next to each other. They're both so, west. Okay. Canada is the same length as the United States of America. Yeah. It's on fire. The. If all of the United States was on fire. We like million billion, millions of people would be dead. <laughs> like, you think we'd just be worried about air quality? I'm just, never mind. This you know, there's this not, not about this <laughs> There's not a ton of densely like. There's a lot of not populated area in Canada throughout the whole. Yeah, country. there is. You make a good point. Thank That's you. not a good. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. He made yeah, a I am, statement. I am not with, a good point. Nope, nope. They, <laughs> Devin said I made a good point. Let's move on. You made a good point. In this, on to the, fact. on to Emporia, Kansas. <laughs> All right, I'm not even gonna. Just to recap, the winners. <laughs> oh, we didn't even do that. Yet. <laughs> the top five on the MPO again. Two rounds. Round three was canceled. Uh, in fifth place was a tie between James Conrad and, well, I'm probably going to butcher this name, Dallin Blanchard, I think. Uh, they both scored 17 under. Uh, 
Tied for third was Anthony Barella and Ty Love at 18 under. Clay Edwards in second at 19 under. And the kid, Evan Scott, taking home the victory at 23 under. On the FPO side, in fifth place was Stacy Haas at 16 under. Fourth, Sarah Hokum at 19 under. Third, Katrina Allen at 21 under. Missy Gannon in second at 22 under. And the person that somebody on this podcast predicted to win, uh, Kristen Tatar at 26 under, getting the victory as she always seems to do. No one cares that you predicted you, Kristen Tatar. Do you want us to clap for you? I mean, listen, I think that's like my fifth prediction I've gotten right. Yeah, and wow. four of them were Kristen Tatar. Three. Three. <laughs> Thank you. I'm pretty sure I've predicted her three times to win. Three, Kristen Tatar, one, Vinny. Who's the other one? Cat Merch. At, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Jonesboro. Jonesboro, yep. Okay. How many do I have? Three or four? Three? I think you have three. Dalen has four, I think. He has Paige Pierce. He has Vinny twice, and he has Ricky. Hell yeah, I do. That sounds right. How many you got, Pete? I have two. Oh, well, damn. But I beat damn Devin... Shame. I beat Devin three times this weekend, so do do with that information what you will. Who gives a shit? I do. You lost the tournament. Moving over. I, it was my personal, but fuck off. No one cares. <laughs> Moving over to the points standings update. Uh, unless there's anything else to say on Zoot. Uh, yes, Devin talks a lot of shit for a man who came in 26th place. <laughs> that's it i'm done i got it out of my I, system i did want to um i've been giving pete a lot of credit today today what about last week <laughs> well that's that's what i do i shit talk to get in his head and then it either motivates him or it hurts him can i tell you the truth i um told him that he should kick you out of his house because it would make you play worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i said i wanted to win on even on even playing ground. See how it is, David. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> it was cool for the Zootown Open to see some names towards the top that, like, even the bigger names that we haven't really seen a lot this year, like, AB hasn't really been close to the top. Uh, Ty Love, I think, only really plays, has been on the tour on the West Coast side because he's from Oregon. Um, but he hasn't been towards the top, really, so it was cool to see him up there. Dalen Blanchard is like, I think he's in his 40s or almost 40s and went seven through seven in the first round on yeah, that course. He like, killed it. That was awesome to watch. Uh, skip over Nico LaCastro. KJ USA back in the top 10 for the first time in who knows how long. A hot he, minute. He has not had a great season. KJ USA. I do feel here. like at least on the MPO side uh, at this event, that this is what a Silver Series should look like. Maybe, maybe a couple of higher-level pros like an Anthony Barilla, James Conrad, Kevin Jones, Gannon Burr, like those, guys, those type guys, but mostly lower-level guys that are out there you know, making a name for themselves. Are you going to bring up the name ranking cutoff again? I'm not. I'm not. But what I'm saying is I think this is what a Silver Series should look like. And if we're being honest, probably what the DGPT would like it to look like. 
because there's no there, unless unless you don't want it to look like this, there's no reason to separate the two f- and call them different things between Elite and Silver Series. So that's fair. That's my two cents. Anything Dale, else? Dalen, do you have any comments? No. Are you sure? Dallin Blanchard is an accountant. <laughs> cool. Yeah, he has like four kids or something that He's were all there. Currently actively an accountant. Awesome. And I disagree with your take. I think that everyone should play whatever tournament they want. <laughs> this isn't this isn't disc golf communism. Uh, Sorry, you're too good. You can't play here. No, I'm I'm not saying that there should be any kind of cap system ranking whatever. I'm not pulling a Peter and pulling out some bogus take on all of that. What I am saying though is that I think that the Pro Tour would like Silver Series events to look more like this, where you have your lower level or unknown guys making a name for themselves versus being dominated by pros. Otherwise, again, there's no reason to separate the two and call one an elite event, one a silver series, and make one worth more points. Yes, there is no point in separating them. You're correct. And they shouldn't be. Okay, well, we can agree on that. (laughs) Speaking of points and how much tournaments are worth... Let's do a point standings update. Uh, on the MPO side, it is completely unchanged. It's the same top five. Calvin Heimberg, Gannon Burr, Isaac Robinson, James Proctor, Anthony Barella, in that order. On the FPO side, just a couple of names moving around. Uh, Kristen Tatar is still at the top. Owen Scoggins in second. Katrina Allen jumps up to third. Missy Gannon in fourth. And Ella Hansen moves down two spots to fifth. Um, so, again, not a ton of movement. Same <clears throat> names, just maybe so different places. Holland Hamley missing this week did hurt her quite a bit, it seems, moving well, her out of the top five. I mean, it's because three of the top five were top three at this event. So, that that's maybe, why. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's yeah. move on from the Zootown Open and focus on DDO out in Emporia, Kansas. out. I don't know if this is the longest course on tour, but it's pretty freaking long. Uh, and a lot of forced OB along with that. So you got to have the distance and have the accuracy to keep it in the fairways. Um, you have anything to add on this course, Pete? I feel like you usually do a little bit of research. Well, I didn't get as much research done today as I would have liked to. But yeah, um, this is also, if this looks familiar, they did play this course two times on tour last year, as this was one of the courses home to the disc golf world championships. Um, but yeah, it's kind of old golf course park style, a lot of forced OB, a lot of distance. I mean, this is 11,242 feet for MPO. That's a lot. That is a lot of walking, a lot of endurance and a lot of distance you have to cover a lot of accurate distance you have to cover. Um, other than that, again, I don't think they really changed this too much from last year. Like it was, you know, good enough to host world. So yeah. Why change it? Why, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix can, it. Can I throw out here that I'm 
know that I joke about not watching any disc golf or being prepared, but I'm very familiar with this course, and you could ask me about it too. What, I've watched what you, a lot of disc golf. What are your it, thoughts, Dalen? It fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> why do you uh, why do you say that? Because why do I watch somebody walk into an open field and chuck a disc and hope they don't hit an imaginary line? There. I mean, we've it, we've talked it's before. It's bad. It's it's bad. We've talked before about not being fans of forced OB, um, and I do tend to agree with you. There's not enough um, natural technicality to this course to make it super interesting to watch. You know what they need to add? Drones. They do use drones. Just no, just an army of drones that you have to throw around oh. and through. <laughs> oh, and people. People in bleachers <laughs> on the fairways. Yes, and more bleachers. Yes, more people. <laughs> I want to see blood. This does. This course does have a, a couple cool feature holes, though. Like hole sixteen is uh, one of the. I want to say one of the more iconic island holes that they see on tour. Uh, hole one, even though it's wide open, like I feel like a lot of people just like recognize that that hole especially with the yeah, sand I trap do. right before the basket. I mean honestly yeah. I can picture hole one in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now. So I think honestly I say it's... island holes, I don't have a problem with them. Even island... artificial island holes. I can't explain it. It's different. Island holes are fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I will say this though, like playing playing the arrowhead course this weekend, which is on on a ball golf course it gave me a new respect for ball golf course disc golf oh i'm sure it's extremely hard i understand the skill required is something i do not possess i don't want to watch it well i think yeah i think it can be fun even fun to watch if they do it right because there wasn't really a ton of forced OB on this course. Like with how they designed it, there weren't a ton of sand traps in play. There weren't a ton of artificial lines where like the only OB lines that really were were like cart path or if there was like going into somebody's yard. Yeah. Um, and then obviously like water. Um and and the more the more straightforward holes they did find a way to make a little bit of funky OB to add that that tiny bit of technicality but i so i'll i'll say i enjoyed playing a ball golf disc golf course more than i've ever enjoyed watching it um but well i can see that because throwing yeah. a disc in an open field is fun it is it is fun i will say this though i tended to use the same disc on a large majority of holes for my drives instead of sitting there having to think about, okay, well I need to use this cause it's more understable. I need to use this cause it's more overstable. I tend to rely on the same disc no, for if, like 13 of the holes. If I've got a wide open shot and I need to go 300 feet every time, like 300 is basically my max yeah. give or take 30 yard, 30 feet on a good day. Right. Yeah. So if I need to go, 300 to 330 and land in a certain spot i know that i'm gonna throw the exact same red beat up star destroyer yeah over and over because i know where it's gonna land yeah and i know how far it's gonna go 
And that, if I had to throw 190 through a through the woods, yeah, yeah, that's gonna change everything because I can't throw that disc because I don't I don't have control over it in different distance. But yeah. when every hole is open, it's the same disc to start off pretty much every time. Yeah, and that that was pretty much my mindset on, like I said, almost every hole. I um, think I threw off the tee a flex forehand. Uh. I threw that wraith until I lost it in a tree. And then I threw Star Destroyer off every single tee after the, after that, except the one, like, I don't think it's technically an island hole, but it felt like an island hole where I threw that Firebird and yoinked it into the woods. <laughs> oh, the 100, the 190 foot? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With, with no... That was the only hole where I was kind of like, this is dumb. <laughs> like that, There was absolutely no line to that throw. I, I agree. If we had played it from the longs, it would have been... There was definitely way more lines to the basket Yeah, there. but the long but the was long 384 was feet, and we wouldn't have made it. 384 <laughs> feet all over water. Yeah. yeah. Um, But anyways, sticking with DDO and Emporia... Uh, do y'all want to get into some predictions? If that's what you want to do, I mean, down, I'm cool with it. Well, sure, Pete. Since you answered me, you get to start. Oh God, no, got... I want to start. Okay, well, I go fine. first. Is go, David. I'm gonna pick. So, part of me really, really, really wants to pick Dallas Wrinkle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could. No, I he's, can't. He's, he's 981 rated. Hold on, hold on. Real quick. Dallas Wrinkle, though, is from Overland Park, Kansas, which is where I lived for the first seven I years of my life. respect him. I'm sure he's really good on the course. I'm not picking Dallas Wrinkle. I'm sorry, but I want to. Good name. Weird name. Funny. Uh, I'm going to pick the one and only Richard Wysocki. Well, no surprise there. And then for the FPO. He won this event last year, so no surprise. Yeah, I know. Obviously. He wins this event a lot, but I mean, uh, FPO made for him. I want to pick someone. I want to pick someone else because I don't want Devin to pick him. <laughs> but I have too much self-respect for that. You, you should do it. It's an easy win. I don't want an easy win, Devin. I'm not you. I'm not pathetic. I'm, just... I'm gonna pick Ella Hansen. That's that's a solid choice. It's a real yeah. solid choice. And it's not the pathetic choice because I respect myself. Y'all are just leaving the pathetic choice for me. Have your win. It means nothing. You're gonna have all these wins and no substance, and you're gonna know deep down that you were wrong. <laughs> I feel like I've had two really good predictions this year. Okay. So I feel good about those two. Yeah, feel good about those two and not any of the other ones. Yeah, I also have two that I feel good about, so I feel good about 100% of my wins. <laughs> I'm glad you could do percentage math, Pete. Who are your predictions? <laughs> oh, man, I don't even I don't even know. Uh, FPO, I feel like this is almost like a I'm sorry pick because I for some reason didn't pick her last week and she got second and she was my only option last week. And now that I have all these options, I'm yeah, you going definitely to... should have picked her last week. Yeah. And now that I have 
pretty much every option back that I would normally go with, except Owen Scoggins, uh, I'm going to pick uh, Missy Gannon. Solid pick. Uh, for FPO. For MPO, I'm, I'm going to go bold here. I'm going to go bold for MPO. Dallas Wrinkle? Not quite that bold. <laughs> but somebody who we have not seen on tour in... When was his last? He played the Champions Cup and has not played on tour since. He did not go to the West Coast. But really? I think he's eager, ready to play. He did win a random B tier during the break. So that was cool. I'm going with my own, my favorite and only good Alabama fan in the world, Matty O. Hey! That's, a, that's always a fun pick. Love watching Matty O. Always a fun pick. Roll Tide. Good, good, uh, good selections. Uh, I'm going to go with my FPO pick. Just go ahead and get it out of the way since you two left her out there for me. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I'm going with Haley King. That is my prediction. Uh, I think that she's she's taken the last month off of tour. Um, she finished sixth at this event last year, so pretty solid showing. Uh, and I think that she's She's got the distance and is fairly fairly accurate. Um, I feel like she kind of gets overlooked amongst the, the heavy hitters in, on the FPO side. So I'm going Haley King. We, we bullied Devin to into making We're it. Getting to him. Yeah, we did. We're it. getting to him. <laughs> that's, I, that's already a win for me this week, honestly. We won. On the <laughs> MPO side. Uh, I'm I'm also feeling a little bold, uh, and this guy is coming off of a second place finish uh, in a playoff in Portland. Can, can I make a real quick statement about Peter? You remember that one time he said he was feeling bold and then picked the third highest rated person in the tournament. Okay. Anyways, move on. <laughs> I don't remember this happening. I don't know what evil. you're talking about. I'm I'm picking uh Aaron Gossage. Uh I think he's I mean he definitely has the distance. I think he's got some some pretty good accuracy. So I like I like this like this pick for him. Uh he finished third last year again a solid showing. Uh he's been playing pretty well lately. Like I say he had the playoff in Portland. He finished third at OTB um just over a month ago. I think he's. I he's remember got some him, good things rolling. I remember him being in the running when yeah. Worlds was played here too last year, along with like neck and neck with Paul Macbeth for, I think three of the four rounds. So. Yeah, he's had a lot of solid finishes. Like yeah, it's, and it's another guy that I think kind of gets overlooked amongst the uh, the, the top level talent. I just don't think I don't. Has he won a, a disc golf pro tour event yet? Ooh, that's a good. I feel like question. they were talking about it, and it was either going to be his first or his second. Let's see if I kind of forgot that he existed. He has not. He had a slow start to the season, but he's picked up here, especially on the West Coast. Uh, he has not. And fun fact: he has only three professional A tier wins. Wow. 
One of them was this year. One of them was this year. But I feel like he has he's had a lot of podium or at least top five finishes on the on the pro tour. At least a decent. Uh amount. let's see. He was twentieth in Vegas, forty fifth in Waco. Anyways, if Ricky drops out, I'm picking Dallas Wrinkle. Noted. Put that down in the notes. Uh yeah, he had one top ten finish at Disco at Texas State Champs. Third at the OTB Open, seventh at Beaver State Fling, and then second at Portland Open. So yeah, he's been uh, the only. No, yeah, literally his last three tournaments have all been top ten. top ten. Two of them top five, so two of them top three. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, he's he's a guy that I think gets overlooked. He's got a ton of talent. Um, I think he's gonna have a good showing. Is it a bad time to point out that uh, Matty O is tied for third among the highest rated players for this tournament? I mean, that that, that checks out for you. <laughs> I'm feeling bold. I'm going to pick the really good guy. There are honestly a couple of names coming back this week we haven't seen in a while because probably just a bunch of people didn't make it to the West Coast or Kyle Klein was hurt. He's back. Um, Chris Dickerson, I think, also has been pretty hurt, but is back this week, it looks like. Uh, I thought I saw another name, but now I can't find it. Oh, look, Isaac Robinson is going to play this week. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> is he, though? You know, you know who I dislike even more than Isaac Robinson? I can't explain why. Who? Joel Freeman. <laughs> why do you hate Joel Freeman, man? I mean, he's, I feel like I can explain why. He's not super likable. Like, look at the guy. That's mean. It It is, but he's... I'm again, not he's, sorry. He's... Like, just watching him play, I am kind of with you, Dalen, that he's not... He doesn't have that likability. He plays disc golf like I hate him. So like I can't explain it. Like Paul Macbeth, but not. I don't hate Paul Macbeth at all. Yeah, I probably would hate Paul Macbeth if he was only as good as Joel Freeman. <laughs> all right, so so if if Joel Freeman is one of the least likable players professionally, well, I, I'm, which I would say, I would say Nico Lacastro's up there as well. Yeah, but Joel Freeman is within a couple points of Nico. I wouldn't put him that low. I would. I wouldn't put him that low either. If those two guys are down there near the bottom, who is the most likable? Ricky Wysocki. Easy. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I like him, but most likable, Matty O. That's those are going to be my two guys as well. <laughs> we're Matty O and Wysocki. Yeah, they're just they're fun. They're nice. They're cool. Yeah. They're not serious ever. Even when Ricky's like on a tear, you can see that like he's having fun. Yes. Like Calvin yes. is a great guy. No hate to him. He sometimes feels too intense. Yeah. A little, a Not little, a, knock. Yeah, a little same, bit of that. Same with Gannon. A Gannon's little bit of that little... Paul Macbeth factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would argue Ricky's almost the opposite of Macbeth. <laughs> Just polar opposite. Macbeth with the with the seriousness, the perfectly placed shots, the four hundred and fifty foot dead center where you want it, right? 
Yeah. Ricky, 550 feet into the woods, chuck out, make the putt somehow. Yeah. Like, well, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to call it a Ricky-esque scramble, but I had a pretty damn good scramble on Soxty that I'm going to tell you about. Nobody cares. I care. I'm, I'm about to say the exact same thing. This is <laughs> not. Is this like the slugs? No, it's Peter touched a slug, guys. You know, slug you so know, yucky. hole fifteen at Soxty, the tunnel shot. <laughs> Dalen, I I'm talking to you, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah. You threw a roller with a uh, Torah. <laughs> yeah, but it was from like I literally hit a tree with my drive like fifty feet off the tee, and then. <laughs> Went 30 feet into the woods and then just forehand roller to Toro all the way to the basket. Good job. From in the deep, deep trees, thick trees. Of, you know what? So I, it's just, I feel like, I feel like you're being quiet on purpose because you want me to sound bad, but it was <laughs> one of the best shots I ever threw in my life and fuck you for not acknowledging it. Okay. But I, I just want to clarify, Pete, this was to, it was a par save. It was a scramble to save par on a two hundred foot tunnel shot. That's why it's a scramble. No, it's like two eighty. No, it's not. Yeah, hole fifteen soxy is. Was it shorts or longs? It's There's only short. one pad. All right. Well, give me a second because I'm gonna fact check uh, hell out of you right now. Fifteen at soxy is two. Okay, it's two thirty seven. So it was in the middle of what we said. So, mm. so you had a fantastic roller scramble shot to save par yeah, on a two hundred thirty-seven. It's a scramble when you save shot. par after going off the tee. That's why it's called a scramble, and that's why Ricky's the scramble king because he saves pars all the damn time. Yeah, he saves pars from like five hundred feet away. That's that's why I didn't say it was Ricky esque, but it was a good one. <laughs> sometimes it's things don't need to be. Sometimes things don't need to be shared. I was proud of it. So fuck you for not acknowledging it. <laughs> You're a bad friend. I yeah, uh, I yeah, I know. We're 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 proud of you, Pete. You know, you, don't you don't did good. Don't give me the fake the fake now. <laughs> don't don't do that. Oh man. Well, should be a good tournament out in, out in Emporia. <laughs> Uh, dynamic discs open this weekend. Uh, what's what's coming up next? Do we know what's I going, was what's literally next just about to try and figure that out. Twenty uh, third, we have another elite series, the Des Moines Challenge. Des Moines, the True Bank. Right. Okay, hold on, Des Moines. First, yeah, I I figured it out the second time. I was second a... worst city in America. Dalen's just here to hate everything. On like, I love how Dalen just chimes in to correct you. If it's not about Ricky Wysocki or Matty O, Dalen hates it. <laughs> Confirmed. All right. Well, we should have a good tournament out in Emporia at DDO. Should be a fun time. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to us. Whatever capacity you are doing so, we have socials if you so desire to follow us. At Put Stuff Pod on Instagram, Facebook. Come hop into the Discord, talk some shit to Peter. He'll enjoy it. Uh, and as always, we'll see you next week for the Des Moines Challenge. Good chat. <laughs>